Alpha Glenn. My name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. And if you're listening to this, that's going to be one reason. That's for a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast brought to you by Comic Book Click. And as you know, I am never alone. Sir, please introduce yourself. I am Dan the Comic Book Man, ladies and gentlemen. Dan the Comic Man has returned, and that's because the immortal Iron Fist has returned for a second season on Netflix, and we are here to talk all about it. Before we get into the nitty-gritty, how how the hell are you, Dan? I'm doing good. I'm having some fun. I actually was enjoying this little binge. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't it wasn't as like long and tedious as Amazing Spider-Man 2 or Spider-Man 3. It it definitely uh wasn't that much of a of a slog uh this time around. I I'm surprised people were able to put their PS4s down to even watch this show because Marvel's been killing it between um um uh Marvel Netflix and the PlayStation 4 Spider-Man release. They are all over uh Captain Marvel named, you know? Yeah, I heard that there was a trailer that was played on like Good Morning America. I haven't watched oh, it's any. Tomorrow. That's oh, it's that's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I haven't. I'm not gonna watch it. By I'm just gonna wait this, for the movie to come out. Yeah, by the time this is out, it will have already been out. But I hope you guys liked it. Uh, it's probably gonna be amazing. It's MCU. It's, it's great. It's good stuff. Uh, Marvel just winning, winning, winning. The DC. Uh, losing, 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 losing. <laughs> well, the DC app, uh, universe uh, launched. I got. I, yeah, the Yogi was. Saying how it was good and stuff. So I'm one of the uh, I'm one of the early subscribers only because I knew I was gonna get it anyway, and they offered some free months up front. A lot of people saying that the money they wanted is a lot, but if you end up joining eventually, you would have you're gonna end up paying <laughs> that amount anyway. So I joined from the get, and I got three months free. So that's that, awesome. Yeah, so that's how it works. It's a little bit handicapped right now because it only um it only seems to work on my phone and not on my. Like not on my Xbox, which is where I use the majority of uh, my stuff. So that's a little bit like I can I can use it on my tablet. I can use it on a Roku. I believe Yogi says is that's how he, um, how he uses it. So you know it's available. I uh, it doesn't have all the comics in the world. They have a, a good couple runs, a good couple issues. My idea of it is for people who don't read comics at all. If you have this app to watch, let's say Batman the Animated Series, or you have this app to watch. Uh, you know, Mask of the Phantasm. I'm naming a lot of Batman stuff because it was Batman Day this last uh, weekend coming up. Batman Day. Yeah. But um, then you could probably whet your appetite with a little bit of comics and then eventually want to buy comics. So I can see them putting some stuff up, but not all the stuff because they do want you to go back and buy those trade paperbacks. They do want you to go. They want to hook you. And then once they hook you, you yeah, go so they figure they'll choose the best ones to hook you, like the ones that the fans like the most, critically acclaimed comics. What I liked is there was like a, a special menu just for like villains' first appearances. Really, which was really cool. To that's me actually that's good categorizing. Right. So if they do stuff like that, and um, we've seen a little bit of this with WWE Network, where they're able to create their own uh, curated content, where they could say this is just the best of blank. And this is just, you know, um, the best of this particular artist or, or uh, writer. And that could really end up being the future of this business because with so much coming out, sometimes people just want, uh, you know, like, for instance, with this show, Iron Fist, if you now have a hunger for more Iron Fist, you'd probably just want what is closest related to this, the show that we just saw, yeah. which means you wanted to see maybe the rise of Davos or maybe the first appearance of a Colleen. And so they, it behooves them. Yeah. Especially to, since this show, I would definitely go back and read some Colleen. Right. Only type stuff. And so this, it would behoove them to do that. And so it will get you a little bit more excited, I guess, about the future 
the past of comic books, the future of comic books, and just where all these mediums are going. I guess we should, as far as the uh, just the candor goes, Superman, bro. My God, Superman. I, like, I, I listen. I read articles and I heard people, but then I watched his little Instagram video. Yeah, it, it doesn't look fun. like he's tell. It doesn't look like he's saying I'm done with Superman. Right. He did. Seem it just looks like he was doing it. like a funny little super, like a teasing that then he. Oh, I'm about to shoot Mar- Man of Steel too. Like, yeah. I don't understand where people are seeing this specific Instagram video and saying, "Oh my God, is he done with Superman? What is going on?" They were saying there was gonna, there was some problems that they wanted him out for some cameos for different films. Um, you know, they they had teased at one point that he would be in Shazam. See, and we haven't heard anything about uh, Dwayne Johnson being in Shazam. He was yeah, I haven't heard Adam. anything about The Rock in yeah, Shazam. They, they've been real quiet about that, considering a trailer just dropped of, of the movie. Um, so, w- when it's somebody like Robert Downey Jr., you know, if he doesn't do that cameo in Incredible Hulk, we have no shared universe, kind of sort of, right? Like, yeah. you have to, you have to be willing to take those. Like we know. Uh, we, we know Suicide Squad is a shared universe because Batman, especially Ben Affleck. Right. Made a cameo in there, and the Flash you know, well. and they made yeah. talk. They made talks about Superman coming down into the White House and all that. Like you know, like you know, it's all shared universe. So and I you saw the Flash. The Flash uh, arrests or Captain Boomerang. Um, so you know, you can um, you can see why a Warner Brothers would want Henry Cavill basically in everything, right? Tie this thing together. If you are the bright hope or whatever, of course. But in the same sense. When you do movies like Justice League and then you do movies like Mission Impossible, everyone, I mean, I know you've seen it. Um, yes. Everyone loves Henry Cavill's performance in Mission Impossible. It was amazing. And I thought he was, I want to see more movies like this, more man from uncle. he can be uncle. a leading man. Yeah, exactly. He can be a leading man, um, but his time is only so much. And if he spends that time doing DC stuff, I can see um, his management being like, uh, bro, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, that's you only why got time for like, one of these movies. These guys like signed in for Marvel. They all signed in for like, what, 12 picture deals and that's <laughs> it. And right. they've been like being real smart about their level of cameos. You know? In the same sense, though, you see like somebody like Chris Evans does all the cameos, all the movies, and then he might do like a side project, you know, uh, like a, uh, a cheaper budget film or, or an in, more of an indie film. Yeah, like Snowpiercer. Uh, like he was doing Snowpiercer in between doing Winter Soldier and uh, and the next Avengers. And people like Scarlett Johansson don't stop working. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> they, find, they find ways to work all those it's people like, well, they, like think, of the next, think of one of the Robert Downey Jr. movies you've seen since he's been playing Iron Man. You don't really... Due date? Yeah, That's yeah. all that's in my head. That I can think of of Robert Downey Jr. doing a movie that's not Iron Man. Well, that's the thing, you know. Uh, Man of Steel was the first movie in the DCEU verse, right? Was and it supposed so, to be Green Lantern? It was supposed to be Green Lantern, yeah. But I mean, look at how much they did with the Dark Knight. So that shifted all the attention over to that side. While, while Green Lantern was going on, we already had Batman Begins. Uh, so you know, shifts the attention that way. And then Superman's supposed to be the first, but. Uh, I think they want him to be also like how Robert Downey Jr. was, where he was the first, and he also was the connective tissue of everything. But RDJ, people weren't knocking down his door in 2008, not like they are now, you know? Uh, Marvel took a chance and kind of got him for the cheap because uh, yeah. because of his situation, whereas Henry Cavill is a commodity. You can't downplay him. And if Warner Brother tries to downplay him and he decides he wants to do uh, Blade Runner 3, Electric Boogaloo, or something like that, you know, <laughs> and he wants to be the lead in that, who's going to argue with him? No one's going to tell that seven foot tall man <laughs> I was sitting here trying to think of like Marvel characters he could play that guy's a big guy and Adam was a big guy Adam Warlock ah, people I are saying think it would that. be great as that I, I, I see, see I see like um, Finn Jones as like a Adam Warlock uh, the guy who plays Iron Fist Yo, I, the whole time for Iron Fist 
I kept looking at him, and every angle that he was on, like a side angle, I kept seeing Steve Ramel. Oh, really? I don't care. I kept seeing Steve <laughs> Ramel in that the, man's face. I'm like, you look like the arrow. Danny, I'm going to tell you something. Not all white people look alike. All right. I know, <laughs> I know how you feel about that, but that's, 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 not a, that's definitely not a thing. All right. We got some of the candor out of the way. We've uh, stretched our vocal cords a little bit, and now we are ready to jump into Iron Fist Season 2. But. Because you guys are so great, let's let's give him another. The man bit of a from Kung Lung. Let's give him a little bit of a spoiler-free uh, review at first, in case because uh, look, it's a, it's it's a lot of episodes to pile through. I don't blame any of you guys if you haven't gotten up to the, all ten episodes, which is shorter than Luke Cage but longer than the Defenders. Uh, and I actually think the ten episodes help it as a series. Yeah, it was real. It, it was compact, but it also like had it was good with the pacing. At yeah. times, it was really long pacing. Like, I think it was, like, the third episode where I kept, like, checking the time frame because I'm like, wow, this is really long. Yeah. There's, like, another 45 minutes left of this. There's only 20 minutes left. How long is this episode? When you, especially, like, with, with what we do, um, we knew that this was on the docket for this podcast um, when Iron Fist was announced. We wanted to have something out so that we could chop it up with the members of the clique and talk about the season. But then that meant basically finishing this entire series within a week's time yeah um and so when you're starting that it seems like such an uphill climb because you have 10 episodes you know you have nine episodes and eight episodes and these are not like the episodes of the flash or arrow where they're 45 minutes because of commercials and all that other kind of no, stuff this is just straight this 45 minutes yeah, yeah, our episode yeah it's like 56 minutes 58 minutes some of these and so it really is long, and they they don't want it to feel long, so they pad it with a lot. But it also feels like a lot, especially when no. There's so many in. subplots that are going down in this in this season that it makes sense why it's long. Because yeah. now you're spending 20 minutes with the Meachums, you're spending 20 minutes with this character, 10 minutes with this character, and now you already have like 10 minutes left. Let's just close out the remaining episode with a cliffhanger. Right. So how, I guess with uh, no spoilers, how do you feel about this season? I thought it was good. I give I, I, overall. I give it straight seven point eight out of ten. Have you seen all the season twos so far? So um, I just finished. I'm 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 almost finished. I got like four episodes left of Jessica Jones, okay. and then I'm going straight into Luke Cage. Season two or season yeah, one? season no season two of Luke Cage. Like okay. I finished all the season ones and right. only season two of Daredevil and Iron Fist. Okay, so I just have to finish the Power Couple. I actually think that Daredevil, or Iron Fist, ties up better than Daredevil at the end of the season. At the end, yes. Yeah, it was... It actually, and I, I told my girlfriend that it had me wanting to watch season three already. Like, I wish there was, like, you know, I started this late and we're already on season three so I could just, like, jump into it. Actually, pretty... It, looked, it was really interesting. Yeah, definitely. I would say that it is definitely an improvement on the last, um, on the last season, the first season. Oh, no, season. definitely. Like, character arc-wise... Big to, the, to the point that at one point, um, I don't know why my Netflix did this, but I was watching the last episode, and the last episode ends with a pretty big moment. And then it did the uh, next episode in five, four, three, two. And I'm like, wait a minute, that seemed like a series ending. What could be playing next? And I guess it just autoplayed to the first episode of the season. Yeah. And so Danny Rand starts to walk with that afro, that blonde afro, and the and the big Lebowski outfit. And I'm just like, man, that was terrible. All of that was terrible. It just reminded me again about how far we had, co- had come at this point that I was excited, but uh, just a real fast and stark reminder of where it was. Um, I We talked a little bit off air about this, where I didn't know whether or not my enjoyment was because of the... Uh, 
the soft bigotry of low expectations because I, I because yeah, I usually d- if you go into something with really low expectations and actually end up liking it, you find yourself liking it more than you thought you would. Right. I like, but it was weird because I didn't have much expectations for season one because of um, I didn't know much about the character. So I don't want to hundred percent say that it's better because of my low expectations. I want to give credit to those who have improved. Like the fight choreography and the um, the just the character acting in general, uh, the plot points. Realizing that it seemed like the Meachams had more of a personality in this one. Like they weren't just you know forced obstacles. Like in the first one, they were just forced obstacles. You know, yeah. oh, I got to get my company back. How can I do that? The two people that don't want to give up the rights of my company. You know, that's all they were. Right. In this one, you see the the consequences of season one. I'm also sort of kind of over the. The Netflix Marvel mystery that starts in episode one. You learn a little bit more about it in two. You find out a little bit more about it in three. Four hits you. By the time you get to five, everything's off the rails. Like uh, you said, you were watching Jessica Jones. Same thing happens, right? Like, who is this person? We need to find them. Yeah, yeah. In season one of Iron Fist, it was, who is Danny? How can he prove that? And I don't feel like, I mean, we had a little bit about, like, what's that, um, What's the box that Colleen gets? Or we had a little bit about, like, what is that? That was kind of my only, that's one of the biggest takeaways. I was like, this is stupid. Because you don't even, you get, you see the box as like a throwaway scene in episode one. Then it doesn't come back to the end in some, Basically, yeah. and for the one, for a big spoiler um type uh, plot twist. And then you're just like, that's it. Just gets thrown away. Now we got to yeah. wait for season three. But I'm, I'm glad that every episode didn't end with her looking at the box, forlorning, going, if only I knew what it was, you know, like, uh, I, I, I like that majority of the answers we got would come in the next episodes. Uh, I like think they were looking for Henry, some guy named Henry, Cho- Frank Choi or something like that for yeah. like two episodes. And then for the rest of the show, you don't hear about him again. And I'm just like, then they bring him back. I'm supposed to remember who he is. <laughs> I, uh, I like, like you said, I like the, the Meachums. I, I, I think everyone did a good job. As a matter of fact. I don't think we can even talk about specifics of how great of a job you did without spoilers. So, I say watch this season. Especially if you didn't like last season. Give this season a try. Uh, it has the major issue stamp of approval. It, it's not going to be the greatest season of television you ever watched. But, I would suggest, even if you haven't seen Iron Fist Season 1, probably just jump pop into this. Because, I don't think there's much from 1 that you would have to take over. Besides the fact that Harold Meacham died in Season 1. Yeah, and you take that away, and and Joy didn't know. You tell you take that away, and you give. And in the beginning of that of the season, there's a previously on Iron Fist. Why did it make it look so much more better than the actual season? It cut out. It cut out all the garbage. Like I'm literally watching this like two minute teaser. I'm like, I don't remember Iron Fist being this good. Right. So yeah, it gets our stamp of approval. Go ahead, check it out. And then let us know uh, what you guys thought about it, because we are about to go into full spoiler territory. Spoiler alert. I like that. I like that. Spoiler alert. Uh, spoiler alert. This season was better than last season, but I guess if we want to talk about specifics, why? Why is the season better than last season? Well, I, t- I said that the Meachams have more of a personality. Now, to more tack onto it. All right. So the first season, you see that, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Ward is an opiate head. Yeah. You know, he's into the drugs and stuff. You know, he's like one of those upscale businessmen, cliche in New York. You know, they have to do a speed. He was also like a punching bag for his father in yeah. the first season where um, I I think another another reason why this season does better is because it has like what I would consider actual factual villains, like a villain that will get into oh, a fight. Oh, no, yeah. Where in the first season, 
They were fighting the Hand, which is kind of like a shadow organization, plus Madame Gao, who is like this elderly lady that who kept laughing at our protagonist. Like, you're stupid. You don't know what you're doing. Like, you're the Iron Fist. You know, you that's doing? why the, the, the villains in this improved so much more with Davos. Yeah. Like, I really like that whole... I mean, personally... I'm kind of I'm halfway getting tired of the best friend uh, villain arc where you know we grew up together we're brothers now we're our paths split differently but I'll never stop believing that there's good in you oh, I'll always be evil you know it's, right, always, right. it's, it's yeah. the same thing we see all the time but I guess you know if you want to pull emotions that's the cheapest easiest way to pull emotions uh, you speak to that so I think we should talk about that a little bit there's kind of a trope right uh, going on throughout the Marvel universe that they have been um, it's a criticism lobbied against stuff that happens in the MCU. That is kind of true, but depending on uh, how serious you take the trope, um, you know, it will change your enjoyment of it. But it's this idea that the villains are just the analog of the heroes, the same exact powers, same exact stuff. Oh, and of course. Just gonna... And so while it does happen a lot, and it, ha- it didn't happen in season one, but it happened in, it's happening now in season two. Um, and then, you know, you get Diamond back and Luke Cage in season one. Stuff like that. I don't think uh, Daredevil has fought his equal. I think he'll get that when he gets to Bullseye and stuff like that. You'll find somebody who's raised by Hell's Kitchen and I'm here to defend it or whatever. Uh, but in this, it serves the utility that it's supposed to serve in the MCU, which is to say that not everybody given this will do the right thing. Not everybody given... And it takes a specifically good person with the same skill set to do well. So Obadiah is able to get the Iron Monger suit, the same suit that Tony built in a cave, right? He's basically the analog against Tony Stark. The same, you know, he can, he, if he wanted to, he can just fly that around and save the day. But he's choosing to, with the same technology, do bad. Uh, and so um, Abomination and the Hulk, right? Yeah. Uh, it's super soldier serum. Serum me up, make me big and strong, and I will be the evil, and you have to fight the greater evil. So with Davos in this um, you know, where we left off with him in season one, he was having a chat with Joy. Remember, he's like at a cafe or something like that. Yeah. Have a nice little chat with Joy about bringing Danny down. And the beginning of this series starts off with um, Joy and Davos. The plan is not laid out in front of our eyes, but they're obviously up to something. And in hushed tones, they talk about bringing down Danny Rand and Ward. Um, Joy is scorned. And hell have no fury like a woman scorned she was on really, this show. He was really good in this. She was. And I believed her change of heart. Uh, she was. Um, Jessica Strope. I hope I'm saying that right. Returns as Joy Meacham. I like Joy's facial fe- like facial features. <laughs> facial expressions. Yeah, she's I think always she either has, like laughing or snarking. I thought she was. Um, when she's having that cold talk to Danny and Ward about getting her, getting her divestment from Rand back. She's emotionless. She's like, nope, this is what I want to do. Nope, yep, I'm ready to leave Rand. Like, she's just so about it. And they're trying to look into her to get what she's ultimately trying to do, and she gives them nothing. And I thought that was a really good uh, portrayal of that. Now, I don't 100% um, think that her axe to grind was that. I mean, listen, betrayal being betrayal, lying, being lied to is not fun, and... When it has to do with family members and when it has to do with people that you think are close to you and will confide in you. Well, she you know. was acting a little selfish. I mean, yeah, I get I, I get why she's mad, but Ward also was doing it to protect her. I mean, like, you, yeah. listen, you don't want to do what I'm doing, okay? You you don't want this. You don't want this image of your father. And and when you remember season one, him Ward and, and Harold had such a twisted uh, relationship as father and son. 
and a lot of like you would say a lot of the people were keeping joy in this in in safety you know like the less you know about this the better uh about this secret ninja organization that your dad is in debt to you know uh the less you know about that the better which is another which is even more comparisons that i like to throw with uh arrow and iron fist because i see a lot of arrow yeah and iron fist and that's another one. malcolm merlin you know mr meacham you know i i see a lot of similarities but yeah um finn jones returns as danny Rand, and i think that he's a lot less mopey he's a lot less uh conflicted he doesn't always do what's the right thing or maybe the smart thing but he stopped asking people what he should do i feel like in season one he was asking everybody well, what do you think i should do like, <laughs> what are you i mean i'm you need, I need some help this season, i don't really believe his his relationship with colleen in the beginning of this season yeah like uh, of this season like for like the first few episodes i didn't really I, like i can buy other relationships in tv shows or movies but this one i wasn't really buying that they were together they felt more like they were just acting like this is what couples act like together these are the conversations yeah, couples have and it together. also seems like colleen is sort of kind of just tolerating yes yes it's, she, where she even like, makes uh, a mention of it where gonna... she's like you know like i wanted to tell you that this has been pissing me off for like two episodes <laughs> right, right, but right, right. you know admit. i think this is what love is so let me keep my mouth shut right right no i i get that feeling too and i wonder if that's just a uh, lack of chemistry among them but uh getting real back to uh the meetings just for a second because of what you just said I think that Joy and Ward have tremendous chemistry. Yes. I yes, think I considering think that too. these two actors are not related, and I know it seems to it would seemingly be easy just to play brother and sister, but the pain they have that conversation where Nor the end of the show, right? Where they finally get to like No no, no before then when Joy tells Ward, You need to stop treating me as an analog to mom. Or something like that. You need to stop acting. Oh, that was like before he goes off the wagon and gets. Drunk yeah, yeah. I think that might push. That, I think that was the con- yeah, because she wagon. said she didn't want nothing to do with them, and that's where he's like, "Oh, you said you didn't want nothing to do with me. Well, now I need your help. You know, right. shut up and just help her. Like that's <laughs> yeah. in my head. I'm like, just shut up and help her. Stop questioning. But Ward, um, you know, a broken man. This man. When is. he hears that, what what Joy says about like, stop making me basically a mother figure because you, our mother isn't here. He says like, that's cruel. Like, this is the first time... That man seems unfazed by a lot of what's going on. Obviously not, because he's constantly drinking and taking opiates. But in that moment, you felt... You felt a pain that only somebody who is related to you can give you. Yeah. (laughs) And it it made me um, sympathetic for Ward, who's a straight-up sympathetic character in this I started feeling... I I uh, felt truly sympathetic for him when he wanted to be a father, and the girl told him no. Oh yeah, the, at the end of the well, he joins. That AA. hurt. That hurt me. I was just like, yo, like it's not like he's, you know, over here doing bad things. You know, he's in AA or NA every day. He fell off the wagon one time, and, and you know, you, he's not doing it anymore. Well, you know, he's literally saying, "I want to be in this kid's life," and you're telling him no. But check this out, though. There's there's actually a, a, a nice uh, parallel thing going on there that I didn't notice until you mentioned it, but. Um, you know, he does the AA stuff, uh, NA, sorry, Narconics Anonymous, and uh, he's screwing his sponsor, which he probably shouldn't With be doing. With the worst sponsor ever. Yeah, he probably shouldn't be doing. Um, and then he decides, she decides not to be his sponsor so that they can partake in a relationship. Um, she rightly deduces that he has probably an unhealthy fixation on his relationship with his sister not in that kind of way but you understand what i'm saying like he takes everything that joy says and does way too seriously like it'll just like it'll destroy him like it, it did. makes it makes him breaks his his life basically what his sister how his sister feels about him 
Um, and so she rightly deduces that um, Ward gets drunk, falls off the wagon, is a complete jerk to her. Uh, and then when he goes to, I guess, to apologize or just go to one of the meetings, he overhears her tell a story without naming him, saying that, like, I got with this guy and I'm basically pregnant now. And so he mans up, decides to take responsibility for his actions. He has this beautiful speech. I have it right down here in one of my favorite moments. It's I put award shares in the NA meeting. And he basically talks about how he's never really been a complete person because he's always just trying to be every who everyone wants him to be. That final NA speech was really a it was crowning vulnerable. it was a crowning moment. It was probably the character. most vulnerable any any character mm-hmm. had been up until that point. Because he didn't want to he didn't want to make a speech. And right. it was shown in the first episode when he when it showed, oh, he's in N.A. now. He doesn't want to give a speech, you know. And um, Joy says, like, when he's talking to Joy about it, Joy's like, you already messed it up. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> uh, go back and fix it. And he tries to. And he's not able to, right? It's this idea that the sins of his past are the sins of his future. Like, if, if you are a junkie, you're meant to be a junkie, going to be a junkie. And I don't want to have to babysit two babies. <laughs> I don't want to have to carry you and carry this child, your child, uh, uh, all that comes with it, all the lies, all the, you know, um, betrayal and that stuff, that we're, what that addiction causes she and just, brings. She just has no trust in him. That's the problem. That's the thing. Now. She won't, she don't, she doesn't trust she him. She doesn't trust him to change or redeem himself, which is mm-hmm. something he accuses well, her And of. he's been fighting this whole episode to change and redeem, uh, not episode, this whole season, to change and redeem himself. He doesn't want to be who his father was. He doesn't want to be that same man that watched over his father, like. Yeah. No, give the guy a chance to change. He was legitimately accused of that. Of um, he accused her of not wanting to see her change some of that. But in the same sense, like you said before, we have Danny who believes, even after all the murders, that Davos can change. So in the same sense that you have somebody like Ward who would die for a second chance, Danny's giving those second chances out to various people. Even people like Joy, you know, he never gave her crap um, in this season from the beginning. Oh, not was, at all. That was, was yeah. That, uh, I I kind of noticed that that he, she was trying to like destroy his whole life, and he's just not even like batting an eye at her. He's, in uh, the beginning, when when she tries to get her divestment back, Ward is like, "We're getting lawyers into this. We're doing it." Danny's like, "Where do I sign? Here. If this is what makes you whole, then this is what I'm willing to do." Um, where a lot of life don't work that way. A lot of times, when you're scorned, you label people, and that's what they will be, and you move forward. And in this, we saw how damaging that could be because once um, once Joy is betrayed by Danny, she labels Danny as somebody who is a hurtful person, a bad person. Yeah, but it seemed, like it, was, she, it seemed like it was easier for her to forgive him than it was for her to forgive Ward. I think she was genuinely touched by Danny's uh, ability to not be an obstacle in her way, that he honestly did want the best for her. And almost in that moment, there, there's a moment where... Um, where Joy says to someone, um, you know, this this partnership with Davos is effectively over because I, all I wanted was to Dan- for Danny to be hurt. And I'm thinking to myself, girl, you've done way too much in the scope of this show for things to just be over. You're either going to die <laughs> because you're going to try to stop things before they can stop or you're going to be seriously injured. And, I, you know, which I was really surprised that she didn't because I really thought they were going to pull that out of me. Like I was there with my mouth open, like, holy crap, are they about to kill Joy right now? But she she um, she eventually I mean, how does it things end for her? She just goes to the hospital, right? That's how that's we see of her. She's yeah. In the, she's her in and the, Ward. 
Her, they were, her and Ward, their last conversation they were having in, in, the, um, ambulance. in the ambulance. Right. Then that was it. You don't see her anymore. Right. Um, we have to talk about Davos. Sasha Dewan playing Davos this season, played him last season. Last season when we left off, like I said again, he was very upset with Danny for uh, um, abandoning Kung Lung to go find his, I guess, his place in life, find his rightful uh, heir to the Rand Corporation. And he, you know, he let him know at every turn in season one, like, what you're doing is wrong, what you're doing is wrong, what you're doing is wrong. You don't deserve the fist. I should have it. And Well, in- that's wise. Like, you got the one thing that I wanted and you're going to leave? You're right. How are you going to do this? How are you going to turn your back on him? Yeah, this is your family, but we're also your family. Yeah. So we're, I can we're feel like the actual Davos family. Was, like, you spent more time with us than the family you we are. We raised pa- you. My mother for. and father raised you. You know, like, my father treated you better than me. Right. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if he felt like Danny was, he should be ingratiating himself a little bit more to uh, that family, Davos, Kung Lung. He kind of should, though. They I didn't mean, have to save him. Can't argue that. Blonde hair, white boy. They, <laughs> they didn't have to save him. The outsider. His mom being like, you lost your birthright to an, an outsider. outsider like yeah. the, she was That fight was bullcrap. They call I don't oh, know. Oh, for I, calling it? Yeah, I guess he didn't want to hurt his son's pride or something. Like, that's bullcrap, man. You, should, you shouldn't have called it like yeah, that. You're talking about uh, the fight to uh, gain the opportunity to fight Shao Lao, the undying dragon. Um, Davos and Danny Rand both fighting for the opportunity to become the Iron Fist. Fighting more like Danny Rand getting his ass what, kicked what for you like... What do you think about the actual fight, though? I thought it was pretty cool. I, I liked it until the whole sun scene where he like he notices he sees the sunlight beaming through so he's like, all right, let me just move out the way so he can like get caught with the sun. And that. I thought right. that was I thought that was dumb. I just thought it was dumb. I have no real reason behind it. <laughs> I, agree, I just I, I just found it to be dumb. I like the close combat thing. I like the fact that they were tied to that with that ribbon. No, I that like, that I like. That that whole close combat thing is cool. That, like the, that's I like, like that dog collar matches in wrestling, you know. Yeah, I like the blood. Like these are fights. We're supposed to be seeing what the the end result of these fights are. Oh, yeah, it shouldn't be something like that, eggplants. It shouldn't be something we just walk away from and we're good. As a matter of fact, with Davos in particular, we see him having to heal over several days and still having the marks of basically being beaten half to death by uh by Danny Rand in that instance. Um, and he's told, even as a child, that weakness is, well, weakness is a, weakness, uh, not weakness, um, uh, mercy is weakness. Yeah, mercy is weakness. Mercy, mercy is a weakness, yet Danny is the one who becomes the Iron Fist. So what a twisted logic he must have in his own well, head. You, like, well, what you is see, when he tries to be the, the Iron Fist, he tried, going, he tried going straight and doing it the right way like Joy told him, and then he couldn't just trust. He just... He couldn't, I guess, he just feels like the city is such an infection that even people that are telling him, hey, we're not on this on the Hatch's payroll, we're not on the Golden Tiger's payroll, yeah. still kills the poor guy. Puts his hand right through him. I like, in the beginning of um, the series, I feel like Davos had almost a Wilson Fisk-esque presence where he didn't have to say much. Oh, he could just give you a look and you were like, that Yeah, guy he was like upset. the muscle in the shadows. Type. Yeah, you're like, that guy has like something bu- bubbling underneath his... Uh, stone uh, exterior. There's something there. there. Yeah, because like when Joy tried getting the, he needed the bowl, right, to be able to do bowl. the ritual. Yes. And Joy, the only way Joy said that we can get it is, listen, we got to get this girl drunk and seduce her. And he's like, this is the most tasteless of tactics. No, so even like, before then, when he's like, I need the bowl tonight, and the lady's like, 
yeah, and I wish marijuana was legal in all 50 states. And she starts to pack the bowl away. You see him glance over at a table of knives. Yeah, and he's, he's like, like <laughs> she's like, don't do it. <laughs> so was, Right then and there, he was he about went to, to gra- He was about to kill her. He, he was going to get her. Because to him, everything is so matter of fact. We he's like, I have things. to do it now. He's like, this, we need this bowl to complete the next step of the phase of the process. And, and all he wants. Everything is about the plan. The plan to get Danny to not have that fist anymore. Um. Him and Danny have a cool little uh, showdown before the ritual when they meet each other for the first time in this season where they basically, it's the same kind of retread where he's like, you don't deserve it. And he's like, well, it's not my fault. I got it. And he's, it's mine. Um, how do you feel about what we eventually end up seeing as the uh, ritual, the the ritual of the copper bowl with the- Okay, isn't um, Kung Lung in like a fucking mystical place? It's like, is. isn't it in another world type of- it's, it's, so the seven cities of heaven exist- on on non-earth plane every 88 years each city is able to materialize on the earth um but they hold a tournament every 88 years to find out which city is going to be champion and that champion city gets to appear every 10 years so how do they get yeah so so the the belief is that kung lung isn't gone it's just relocating until it appears again. So how the hell did they get the Iron Fist body, that, that dead coffin casket? That would be, I guess, from a previous Iron Fist, but um, well, that's also kind of cool, this idea that there's been multiple. You know, we spoke about, um, they speak about the first woman to hold it, which we'll get into. Uh, they speak about Orson Randall, who um, has ties to the comics, and he was an Iron Fist, and then Orson Randall cannot be the guy in the, co- in the casket because Orson Randall supposedly is the guy who sent the casket. So there's another Iron Fist there. Um, but with Davos, you get this whole idea that uh, if you just cut the Shaolau emblem tattoo thing off of a body and you add some blood to it. Yeah, I think you have to, you have to add like a piece of the, of Rick, of the, another, of the, the current holder of the Iron Fist. He needs like a piece of his tattoo and some of his blood. blood. Yeah, some blood. Um, fire, and then you use that that solution to ink, and it, there's some sort of transfer of chi. How do you think about like the old school yakuza tattoo? Um, I thought it was cool. Yeah, I thought that whole like the whole ritual thing was pretty dope. That it, all it takes is a ritual and a transfer of chi. It's like, I mean, it gives more like, uh, it helps me understand Iron Fist power more than it's just. It's a mantled costume. Like the name is the Iron Fist. Danny Rand is the like Black Panther almost. Yeah. Like how it almost is with Black Panther, where the only way he gets his like real powers is from the purple stuff. Thing, yeah. So yeah. I kind of liked all that. I um. So, it makes more sense that Davos' symbol is a tattoo, whereas Danny's is a scar, a scar, a perfectly, <laughs> a perfectly designed logo scar. Wait, that's of, a scar. Of, yeah, because he so he fights Shao Lao, the Undying Dragon, and he plunges his hand into his heart to get the Iron Fist. And then in season one, he's like on the floor, and they roll him over. Oh yeah, and it was burnt. This, it was it was engraved. Until I remember. In. So it's like the tattoo thing makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. get the tattoo thing. And um, uh, Davos, the was, Steel Serpent. Yeah, it was exactly. He is called the Steel Serpent in the in the comics, and so his his tattoo represents a serpent, just like in the comics. It has no wings, uh, unlike Danny's, who has those big. Iron Fist. Uh, yeah, I like it, ones. and I like that it was on his back. Right. I really like that. Like, so that little shot, so where you see him like cringe, like yeah, uh, standing up, exercising yeah. his like shoulders. Yeah. So it looked really cool. 
Yeah, it, and it looked painful, which is something that we know that they're they're capable of withstanding tremendous amounts of pain because of their training in Kung Lung. So I thought that was pretty cool. Too. And I like that they had different color fists. Yes. And I wrote that down because Danny's fist was yellow. Sure. And if you look at the meaning of yellow, it means freshness, happiness, positivity, clarity, energy, optimism, enlightenment, basically stuff that Danny Rand stands stands yeah, on. Yeah. Intellect, loyalty, honor, joy, all of that. Meacham. You know, <laughs> and Davos' fist was red. And, you know, red is usually the color, it usually refers to extreme, you know, yeah, violence, yeah, danger, yeah. anger. Our ancestors saw red as the color of fire, blood, energy, primal life forces. Right. And spoiler for anybody that hasn't seen. Colleen becomes the the iron fish that we see, and hers was a glowing, vibrant white. Yeah, it was, and it was beautiful. And I had to look it up. And white means, and and white is inherently a positive color. I mean, it's associated with a purity, innocence, goodness, safety, brilliance, understanding, ah, yeah. faith, beginning, spirituality, possibility, serenity, protection. And, and subliminally, these colors invoke those emotions when you it, see them. Uh, when you see that red. Um, it's almost like the red lightsaber, right? It's cracking. Yeah, it's like, yeah, exactly. You, it's, when it's, you see Davos' fist is red, you already know that fit that stands for rage and danger and anger. You see, you see Colleen, and she's purity and vigilant, and she's you know that's how just how it is. It goes with their character personalities. I like that. Yeah, that was These, cool. This stuff is not on purpose, people. These people's fist is these colors for a reason. Egg. It's not on purpose. It's all connected. It's all connected. But um, with Davos, and like you said, with the rage and anger. That's why I don't have a problem with him being the the enemy of Iron Fist just being a guy with Iron Fist because a big criticism I had for the character in season one and I feel like a lot of people had for the character in general was that he was too emotional. Um, I remember thinking, uh, you you say the whole thing about um, you know Stephen Mel and Arrow. I remember watching season one of Arrow and feeling like this guy has so much going on because he's so stoic, he's so quiet. And you can almost see the wheels turning in his head. And he's not telling you what he's thinking. He's just thinking it, as I would suspect somebody who's been away and not had, to, not had the ability to tell people what he was thinking. And so I assumed that Danny would be the same. But Danny was, like, all emotional and, and, and getting tricked left and right. And you lied to me and a lot of that in season one. Um, and so we took him as the emotional Iron Fist. And Davos got to show us what true, how true emotion can can oh, yeah, wreak he, havoc. He, he acted on every emotion, every single one, um, to the point where he was he was even he he didn't trust nobody. No, I swear to God, if you are crossing me, I will kill you and blah blah blah. He's yeah, going he, after everybody. He don't even care. He does the he does the ritual. He's able to get have the iron fist, and he has two, which is amazing. The only time we saw somebody have two was in that a uh, flashback footage of World War One or something like that, or World War Two, um, and we'll get to that in a bit. But we see him with two fists. One of my favorite moments that I have here is when he, what I call Davos's joyride with the Iron Fist, when he goes to that club for the first time. That was that was cool. He punches the dude right into the and wall. And that's the thing. Caves in his this, old chest. In this series, sometimes it's done by Danny and sometimes it's done by Davos, but they they show us the the fist in use. We would question ourselves like, what would happen if you punch somebody in the face with the fist? What would happen if you punch somebody in the chest with the fist? In this, some we hear like, 
Which oh, his back, his head is caved in because he got pushed by the iron fist into the wall. His spine got like is thirteen destroyed. broken ribs. Like you know, like every rib is broken. Right. There's a 13. scene that at one point. Um, somebody is trying to fend off Davos in the kitchen of the of like the one the that didn't center. like Danny at the, through the whole season. I remember because at the whole time I'm like, I just want to see these two fight. <laughs> but uh, uh, Davos punches his head off, which was like something that you would think every iron fist would just be like, you know what, and it'd be over. Um. You see him blinded by this by this birthright thing. Um, you know, this is my birthright. This is my birthright. Which goes Something- back to, I think it's something he's trying to like. I think it's really more of a trying to impress the memory of his dead mother. Because yeah. like you see, he was always fighting for his mother's approval. Right, and there was that kind of tear jerking moment where he's like, "And when I come back and I have done the things I've done, maybe you'll be able to say the things that you, as a mother." Yeah, would want to say or can't I, I, say. And the way she walks to the door and she's just like, nope, I got to be a hard ass because um, that's what we uh, do out here. Yeah, that's down. how we are. We show no emotion, you know, um, attack like the Falcon, quick yeah. and with no mercy. And you see that when Davos is able to get a layer and stuff like that, that it's bare minimum. Like he says himself, only the essentials. Like he really believes that he doesn't need much to be happy. Or really all he wants is the Iron Fist and Dominion. Over the Iron Fist, which kind of is dominion over everybody else, because once you have the Iron Fist, unless you know somebody's gonna come yeah, and take he it from a, you, he he single-handedly, inadvertently ended a triad war, a forty-year triad yeah, war. You know. How do you have the? How do you come in and be like, you know what, enemy of my enemy is my friend. I think we got to do this together. Let's take this guy down. But then you you saw the slippery slope, and I'm glad that they showed the slippery slope here because people ask the question all the time, like, why doesn't Batman kill? And you see, Davos at first is killing like legit top ranking triad members. Like he's walking into triad warehouses and taking out the entire hatchets, taking out entire golden tigers. But towards the end, it seemed like he was willing to do that to jaywalkers. Like he was willing to do that. You know no, saying? he like, was starting to call the city like a poison. Like, you yeah. know, you got to take out everybody. Everybody's poison. Toward one of the guys, but one oh, of the people yeah. in his own group says, yo, he wasn't even on any of the payrolls. He was telling you the truth. Man, you're messed up. And what and does he, he do? Got, Fucking do kills not, him. Yeah, you do not get questioned. Oh, no, he didn't kill him. One of the guys in yeah. his group just stabs him from the back with his neck. Yeah, they do not. Right into his neck. They don't question that. Um, There's times where uh, Davos, someone has answered Davos in a certain way or insinuated something towards him. And you, his lip would start to quiver. Like, he would start to... And you he's feeling start to disrespected. See, you can start to see the rage building up in him, which I thought was really good. Like, it's not easy to, to play that. And I think I thought he did really well. He was a really good, menacing, angry, uh, rageful person. And because he believed that this was his... He was, was scorned his, himself. This was his. Um, there's also... You know, they play with this idea in Luke Cage, but this idea that if I... Like, you guys are all criminals... If I had my finger on the trigger, I could end all this. But then what? And what's kind of cool is the hand is seemingly defeated and defended, right? Mm-hmm. They're able, they, they, they blow up Midland Circle, hands defeated. Daredevil is seemingly killed and axes uh, Iron Fist to uphold the mantle, protect his city. Once the, I, once the hand is seemingly eradicated, which is not, you know how comics go. Once the hand is seemingly eradicated, the Iron Fist has no job. Because the Giant Fist's job is to eradicate the hand, which what became the one of my biggest hatreds of this ep- of this season was ev- like the first like three episodes. It's like the next like three episodes after the first episode, they would start with Danny coming in from action. Yeah. Always have Danny talk about him being the him going out and being the Iron Fist. It's like I want to see this. Yeah. He brings Colleen to his like seemingly training rooms. Like every time I can't find a criminal and I feel the fist calling, I punch this wall. And it's like. My guy, 
I would love to see you come in here, start hitting a wall with, you know, softly, and then start going raging and raging and raging. I would love to see these because this would help me with a character arc for you. Now I can see, okay, the fist is taking over. No, you're just telling Colleen after a cage match, I feel it every day, the fist telling me to do this. I feel the fist and I want it back and blah, blah, blah. Right. But I want to see you, like have these little, little crises. I want to see you try look for people to fight. I want to yeah, see only you touch... beat up a guy that you thought is a criminal and he's not actually a criminal. Like The only touch tone we got was the first scene where the, he uh, does that armored... He prevents an armored robbery. And then that's um, it. I, do, I did like him punching the first half of the truck off. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I'm like the whole like time... punched I'm... the engine block out or something like that. That was great because the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, great, he's going to do what they all do and he's just going to punch the gate. He's going to punch the motor. They always punch the face of the truck. Steps out the way and punches the whole side off. And I'm like, holy crap. Yeah, that's, that is dope. We needed to see more of that. So we're seeing the fist getting used on vehicle, on moving vehicles. We see the fist getting used on inanimate objects. We see the fist getting used on people when Davos is doing it. You know who uses the fist, right? And doesn't even have an actual iron fist? Well, I mean, technically, they do have an iron fist. And that's old Misty. Let's talk about Misty Knight. Misty Knight returns. She picked uh, up the pacing of the show for me. Simone Missick returns as Misty Knight. I think she's doing her due diligence of Claire Temple where, you know, we need some connective tissue and Claire. Yeah, but she's also doing a good job as, um, like, just a cop in general. Like, I found her doing a really good job in police work more than in the first season of Luke Cage. She's a, she is genuinely engaging. When really, I see her really on the is. screen, yeah. I smile. I'm ready for whatever she's going to bring. And she always brings it. Um, th- there are several moments where you would figure someone in her shoes would be like moping or feeling sorry for herself or feeling like out when of she power. got thrown into like when she got kidnapped by by Al- like by Alice Eve's character in like oh, the yeah. last episode. What does she do? She busts down the wall with her bionic arm. She does the the kill bell. Yeah, and you see <laughs> her like ripping bell, uh, bricks off. I'm yeah. like, that's awesome. And what I found really endearing and just like downright just like joyous moments was like her and Colleen together. Yeah, like I found I found those to be genuinely just really endearing scenes. I know you didn't see Luke Cage season two, so I have to give you a little bit of spoiler on that. But there's a scene where, um, in Defenders, uh, Simone or Missy Knight's arm gets cut off by I think Bakudo, and so um, there's a scene of her with Colleen drinking like in a bar, and um, Colleen's like, "You gotta stop feeling sorry for yourself. Like eventually, you're gonna have to like get up and just do things again." And she's like, yeah, it's hard, yada, yada, yada. And then, like, some drunk guy shows up trying to hit on them both. And, you know, I think, like, calls uh, Misty out of her name and, like, pushes her down. And she falls down. And she's handicapped. She only got one arm, right? So she looks up at Colleen, and Colleen just takes a swig of the beer. Like, what are you going to do? Like, instead of babying her in that moment, babying Misty in that moment, she's looking at her going, you're better than this get up and do something about it and Misty does and we see that in this show even when Colleen wants to like have a, like a oh woe is me moment Misty's like no let's get up you, what are you you're saying you don't want to do this crime fighting stuff but it seems like you really want to do this crime fighting yeah, stuff I hope she becomes a, I hope she like becomes a cop because I, w- I would love to see them too though that little throwaway joke that they did uh, what, what was it uh, Night and Wing yeah Night that kind of little yeah. that, that little joke kind of made me roll my eyes now that I think of it it's kind of I'm sitting here kind of like smiling at it because yeah, it's pretty, pretty funny. funny but at in that moment she's like Night and Wing I'm like ugh yeah. There we go. The the two are a duo in the comics. They are known as the Daughters of the Dragon. Uh, so they they're kind of like a tandem. Uh, you know, buddy cop roadshow kind of deal. I would, I would deal. read a Colleen and and Misty comic. And Wing at one, and Night. At one point they say something like, um, you know, 
this is like the most intimate I've ever like this is the greatest relationship I've ever had or something like that. Like, oh, I oh know, yeah, she looks at her, she's like, uh, like, I know we don't know each other, but this is the closest relationship I've ever had. I'm like, wow, that's pretty funny because I, I, I could see how that's like that's pretty real. Yeah, you can have you can have like these moments where you, it's like this is the most I've ever opened up to anybody, and I don't even know you. Like, I like Misty. What I what I like about Misty is that Misty represents the realism of like the police force and FBI. But in the same sense, there's a lot of times where she appears and the situation is way bigger than the FBI or the police. And she seems to like know that. There's a point where she's like, um, you know, like hands up or whatever, whatever, whatever. And like no one's listening to her. And she's like, I am the NYPD. I will arrest, I will shoot you. She like verbally said things to the kids. Yeah, so she's it's a like, group of kids. Yeah, she's like, what are y'all doing? And even with... um. Colleen and Danny, she's par- when we first see her, she parks, right? And she's like, hey, guys, what's going on? You guys are just going to walk past me? She's like, I want to talk to you guys about something. And then she, they're like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, And she opens the door. She's like, it's not a request. Like, oh, yeah, we're in the real world. And, oh, yeah, there's cops here in the real world. Yeah, we still live in a world with dragons and tattooed powers of transfer. Well, I think, weren't they, like, wasn't kind of she questioning there. them about something that they were already on their way to? It's like, yeah, we already know we're on our way to that. Like, and she's like, well... Fill me in, and by the way, and get in the car. Uh, so I, I really, really, no, but she that. really is like in it. Like for someone that seems like so, like you could just look at her and you would think Dormatty. She has this confidence of like someone like which Don't also, which also, you know, goes to show with these Netflix shows. There's not many weak characterizations of not women on yeah. these shows. There's a very a lot of strong, powerful women. You know, when you consider um, uh, Mariah Dillard from Luke Cage, when you consider Jessica Jones in general, Hogarth in general, right? Uh, yeah, Karen. Is, is probably the most wishy-washy, but she goes and tries to defend the Punisher. She, like, has, she, goes she has after, a kill, though. She has a kill under her belt, so... <laughs> she killed Wesley. Poor My, Wesley. Oh, poor oh, damn poor Wesley, Wesley, man. Poor, poor Wesley. Wesley. That's, that, that cut is still deep. Poor Wesley, poor Wesley. But yeah, um, n- strong females. That's what I... When the I took away from The only person this. that I did not like this entire show was Alice Eve, and I thought it was very tragic because I love, as an actress, Alice Eve. But her characters were just doing nothing for me. So we're, I think, I think we're on different sides of the coin with that, which is what uh, sparks organic conversation, right? So Alice Eve plays a comic book character known as Typhoid Mary, but in just in here she's known, I guess, Mary Walker. Mary Walker. Question mark. Question mark. Uh, so she, she, um, when we first see her, she seems to be like a like a small town girl just out in New York, yada yada, and then we find out. Um, through, I guess, post-it notes and stuff like that, that she has um, this dissociative identity disorder, which is like schizophrenia, but if you didn't know you had it and if you couldn't maintain the memories, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, like uh, she don't remember anything Walker does. Walker doesn't remember anything Mary does, so they got to leave each other like notes. Right. So where Alice Eve worked for me, I love all of Walker's delivery of everything. <laughs> See, that's the only thing I didn't really like about the direction that they had behind her. I felt yeah. like it was just... Too monotone. Like there's too monotone, mo- I feel and then you. there's too robotic. I feel you, but it reminded me of 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 the Batman animated series, um, Mister Freeze. How he's just like, like there's no there's no emotion. Yeah, but that's the thing. Is it's an animated series, so you expect somebody to be animated to be actually animated. Right, right. So, but so I'm just saying that there was one. I think one of the first when she first became Walker, and she was just sitting there uh, reply, saying her lines in just this one little tone. Just like this, and blah blah blah, and I was just, I just didn't like. I thought that the like her, the, the her as an actress is great. Yeah, 
I wanted that direction to be a little bit better. So I'm not even going to blame Alice Eve. I'm going to blame huh. the direction on that because I understand monotone. Yeah. I like monotone. Look at the Audrey Plaza. Yeah. Audrey Plaza does great monotone. This was just too robotic. This is like you were literally telling him, I need you to speak and spell. I need you to sound like a speak and spell. <laughs> but but I would, def- I would defend the monotone nature because if you consider that Walker was somebody, you know, a, a personality literally brought out because of survival instincts. You know, she was a POW. And and you did you see where she was a POW at? Sokovia. That was Screw so... Sokovia. Screw... If they're doing that to our brave men and women, <laughs> then Ultron should have dropped that city when he had a chance and <laughs> tear up the Sokovia Accords because people like... Mary Walker can't do her damn job without becoming a POW. And they killed her people in front of her. She said she was raped. She said she was mutilated. She said her people were killed in front of her. It's like every three days they were bringing in like a new person to kill in front of her. Out of nothing but trauma is she able to create this stone cold killer uh, Mary, which is the only reason why I give her a pass on, on being so emotionless. But well, I thought when she was getting down to the action, but when Walker was doing the action, that was entertaining as hell. But... You didn't think her first, the first conversation with Walker was entertaining when she's sitting there and uh, Davos and Joy go over there like, "What the hell's going on? Why does Danny?" No, that that was my that was the first time that that's when I didn't like her. It wasn't until it started progressing that I that they started keeping on Walker. Like they stood away from Mary and they started going on Walker. So I started getting used to the way she sounds. Yeah, and it started progressively getting just better. But her first conversation where she was just like, "I didn't do it." I told you I didn't send those letters. <laughs> I, I dug it. Do, I, I guess because I, just... I, I felt the same thing with the Davos situation where I can see that she's at this level because if she goes any higher, because at one point Davos threatens her with something and she pulls out these humongous uh, like, blades yeah. from the comics, basically. And he's going to... And I'm just like, wh- who is this woman? And how is she related to the other woman? No, but she was the only one that was actually... That was, she was the only one that person that was being able to keep up with Davos as far as combat goes. And But she also had a code of honor, right? Yeah. Because she was like... Um, you know, she she didn't do anything... Like, Walker didn't do any of the killing or any of the, um, you know, the jobs, the odd jobs that she would do. It was just she had a promotion. job to, she had a job to do. That was it. a job to do. At one point, she's like, you want some advice, Joy? Like she's giving she's giving people advice. She goes, "You want some advice? Davos not the kind of guy you just talk down. You probably want to get handled." That's when she's like, "I got another job for you." Okay, I'll do it. You know, it's a, it's a job. And it's a job. That was like, "What are you doing?" She's like, "Oh no, that was the old job. I'm doing the new job." Like all that, I I bought all that. No, it wasn't until the end that had me dead. Where she was, she comes back into his warehouse and she's like trying to gun him down. Yeah, and he's like, "Who has you do this joy?" He's like, "No, this one's just for fun." Yeah, she was like, "That, no, that, that was the last job." Me. That was the last job. I got a new thing. I'm doing a new thing now. That was <laughs> great. When she's really like, good. "Oh no, I'm just killing you for fun." Okay, now um, now you got me. This is fun. She's playing, uh, like I said, the character Typhoid Mary, and in the comics, Typhoid Mary has three personalities, and they alluded to that in this show. Yeah, they where, said that where a, a none third... of them even knew, or where both of them didn't know how they got out of that concentration camp style right. thing. Right. So, um, Mary thinks that her alter. I was gonna say ego, but that's not that. That would be insensitive. Her alter personality, uh, Walker, helped her out of that very, very tough situation. And a lot of people thought that she created Walker to do just exactly that. But apparently, there's a third um, alter that was able to get her out of there. And if you remember, she was basically around Cinders when they found her. She was recovered in blood. The place that she was held captive was burnt down, and there was a bunch of dead people outside. Um, stuff like that. That excites a yeah, comic she reader had like no me. Idea. Yeah, she had no idea where she was. She's like, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. 
yeah, that that you because that that excites a comic reader like me because, to my knowledge, um, in the comics, uh, Typhoid Mary's three personas are Typhoid or, or you know Mary Walker, which is a regular you know uh, happy go. So it's not Walker like, Mary. It's just Mar- it's Walker. I'm mean, sorry. It's Mary Typhoid Mary, and then Bloody Mary. Uh, so Bloody Mary is this completely unhinged. Like if you thought Walker was unhinged. Bloody Mary is way worse, way more violent, way more skilled, and for some strange reason, has pyrokinesis, which means in her general vicinity, close close quarters, she can set things on fire with her mind. And so, I think that's incredibly interesting. And uh, if you had to pick what show she, because this this seems to have just been an introduction Punisher. to her, Punisher, 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 straight up. She's a, she's mostly a Daredevil villain, but I do think she'd fit really well. I with think she would fit arc. way more better in Punisher than she would Daredevil for the simple fact that the her, the way they carried her in this show with the combat skills, fighting, and the guns. Yeah, I would love to see her and Frank Castle do like a whole like a uh, hand to hand combat with pistols, like a John Woo movie. You yeah. know. Oh, we'll talk about some gun fu in a minute, but um. Another thing I wanted to say about Mary, or just I guess the use of guns. There's just there's that scene where Mary's chasing after Davos with the with the assault rifle, right? And one thought crossed my mind. I was like, it's good to know that even if you beat Xiao Lao, the Undying Dragon, and you have the immortal power of the Iron Fist, you could be shot. Like that's the, <laughs> like you can still be yeah. shot. A regular a regular bullet, you know. Uh, and I think she like local she clipped Walmart. him a little bit. I think yeah. she like got him on like the fucking ear or something. I thought you were the morning Iron Fist, bro. What are you running from? Uh, punch the bullets. Can't you do that? Like, what's the, uh, is that too fast? Maybe uh, that makes sense. But is this? No, idea, didn't like, he? Didn't he punch a? Didn't he punch a bullet? Did he punch a bullet? I could have sworn when she was shooting one of them. She shot like he was, or somebody I, shot at him. He had like his hand in the way. Or I just, I just was thinking to myself like everyone could be shot. So. Uh, like yeah, at one, at one be point, shot. at one point there's a uh, well, if he's not paying attention, I'm guessing. No, uh, film theory showed it. That he can be shot. A lot, co- a, lot, a lot of cops nowadays, their their guns that they carry are not metal. Me- or not, yeah, they it's they like ha- alloy, like a, some kind yeah, of like alloy. copper and something like that, like basically uh. stuff that's not magnetic. So like uh. that scene in in the first X Men movie that when we ever see, where he turns the guns around, the, when he gives that throwaway line, I don't think I can can stop them all. He's right. not lying. Yeah, yeah, a yeah. lot of cops, especially New York City cops, don't carry full metal jacket. They carry uh-huh. hollow tips. So, yeah, if a regular old cop but a regular hollow tip point gun wants to shoot at Magneto, he ain't stopping that bullet. But it was just like, it, it just reminded me of that. Like Everyone's fighting for the power of the iron fist, but seemingly the power of just straight iron <laughs> and lead it seems to be doing a lot better. Um, J- Joy's hurt, so she wants to hurt others. And it's this idea of speculation, of, I'm sorry, of escalation that Colleen talks about with what I call the children of Chinatown, the 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 basically the ne'er do wells, the, the oh, that little children. gang that's yeah. going, the Davos calls them vultures, yes. picking the court, picking the corpse. Yeah, off we once meet like done. BB and Rhino and a bunch of those like kids and stuff. Uh, that they were probably the weakest point. I did not like that BB guy. I was not a fan of of BB. Yeah, I BB bar- like the bullets. I, I, bar- I barely <laughs> even remembered any of them. Like, uh, I, I, well, I, BB died. So, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Poor <laughs> so BB. there's that. Um, and like I get that, that that was supposed to be like an emotional thing, but I'm just like I I don't I can you can smell these character actors a mile away. You can smell yeah. that they're, they're not going to be there for long. They're not going to do much. They're just a, a tie to everything else. So I was not a fan of that. But um, another favorite moment, Joy's indecent proposal. We spoke a little bit about it there, where Davos uh, wants to kill um, one of Joy's frenemies, Mika something. 
Yeah, I don't remember who she was. But it was a friend of me. It was somebody that she was pretending to be a friend of. But Ward's like, didn't she screw all your college uh, boyfriends and your college professor? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So she wasn't friends with this woman, but she was doing the whole business manner of talking her up and being all nice and stuff. And she basically is like, well, we don't have to kill her to get the the bowl. If we can just uh, blackmail her, we can get the bowl. Which means all you have to do is have sex with her. She's already drunk. Yeah, she wasn't she? Like, isn't she like you. married to a politician? So the last thing she needs is a scandal because he's like actually running. There's like a running thing he's doing. And like you said, he says something like, "Your I find your methods distasteful," something like that. Um, it goes to show you that he, no problem with killing. Yeah, no, no he problem don't care about killing. killing. He just doesn't want to lie about sex. There's a little honor to that, I guess. There's some kind of yeah, code, it's, it's, code there, well, right? I, I, yeah, I guess using sex as a as a power of um like a use big power was like nah, I don't want to do it. Yeah, it's like it's no honor in that. Like, where's where, where's the fun in having to make a blackmail? Right, and and it goes to show you, yeah, that these weird, convoluted um, ideas of morals or code of honor that doesn't really uh, make sense. But that's how Davos was the entire time. He felt like he had his own code that he had to live by, especially as now the immortal Iron Fist. Um, you would think that someone from Kung Lung that studies and trains and like those. Art of the monk type style ways would know a thing or two about stealing a mantle that doesn't belong to them. You would yeah. think you would think that uh, you know what? I don't think I can hold the iron fist. This is this is unhonorable. You know. Yeah. He seems on. He seems like a man of honor. So that's what I'm saying. Like you, I felt like Joy had a grudge. Davo has a vendetta. Like he has something he needs to get. Yeah. Out of no. This. He. Yeah. And so Joy was just it was just hurt, and she was just being petty. Right. She was just like, I'm going to hurt you guys back. I'm going to leave the company and buy my own thing. And Davo was purely blinded by the destiny. But, you know, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And so when you get that absolute po- power of the of the Chao Lao, the undying, you know, um, it literally consumes him. It literally makes him It's like having the symbiote suit. It's like you, like you feel it. It's power. You feel the, the voice. You hear it. And with the terrible amount of pressure he had at an early age, and the love for a terrible parent, <laughs> like I was, I was sitting there bugging out. I'm glad that we got to see uh, Lei Kung a little bit. His dad, um, he's actually the uh, martial arts master of Kung Lung, and everyone who trains in Kung Lung trains under him. Uh, and uh, he eventually was even able to train Danny's father, which is not—I don't think it's something that they will do in the comics, but which led to the anger from a guy like Davos, because it's like. Come on, bro. Like, what are you like? What are you doing? I'm, I'm the son. I deserve all this. Uh, but we see, like you said, we see his mom. His mom was not a, a comic book uh, character, to my knowledge. Davos's mom. Um, but at well, one point, you gotta Mist- have a mom. You gotta have a dad to yeah. be around. So at one point, Misty calls in a six one six possible persons with powers. Six one six Marvel. Six one six is our universe. Oh the, the, shit! Yeah, I was like, oh, I like that when she said it. I smiled from ear to ear. Um, every episode this season is named after an Iron Fist comic, which is really? good because it's telling me that they're doing some kind of homework. The first season, I had no interest in reading about Iron Fist. I had no interest in, in getting a season two. Now with season two, I want to get in season three, and I want to yeah. do the homework. I, I want to know what's going on. I want to see more Colleen as Iron Fist. I want to see more Colleen and Misty. I want to see Danny do whatever he is. Whatever he's supposed to do that time. Yeah, Let's talk a little bit about... Um, about Colleen as a main character. I mean, this is this show is as much as hers as it is Danny's. And um oh in the beginning, very cool. Very just cool. Like just Yeah. Cool. Like she knows how to talk to kids, okay. she knows how to talk to adults. She um she 
uh, you know, it trains with Danny. At one point, she actually trains Danny like, when Danny has trains no powers. Him. My favorite Colleen moment in this entire show was it was literally like two seconds. It's when uh, Dan, it's when Danny runs into Mary in the middle of the street, and she gets like this little hyperventilating. So he like, let me take you back to my apartment. I'll get you some water because you know grown adults in New York can't afford water. Apparently, you can't go to the and, and we just go to grown adults' apartments. Yeah, it's in like New York hey, hey, let, let me whim. just let me just take a beautiful red blonde haired girl back to my place while I know I have a girlfriend here that you know that's probably insecure. And, and he's a master of kung fu. <laughs> yeah, so so that's when he takes him back and she's just and she's just like, oh, Danny, all you know, offered to give me some water. You know, he's really nice like that. And she's just like, yeah, there's, there's a little. Mark. Yeah, I nah, bursted my, out laughing. I'm just my like Colleen moment, hands down, is the dinner, the dinner party when she's like, "Can we just stop bullshitting? Can we just talk? All of y'all got things to say. You mad because, yeah. <laughs> because of Danny, and you mad because you think she was really assertive in this. She show. was like, and she was really assertive, and there was somebody at that table who could have killed her. You know, I mean, and she didn't care. One, one could argue that maybe she would put up a fight, but in that instance, he no, seemed I ready think to she would. Everybody. Listen, she was training Danny. In ways yeah. that Danny didn't even know how to train. So that, I think she was really... And she held up her own against Davos in a big way. They were both had the fist. He still had the red, she had the white. They were still yeah. both had it. So I find I think Colleen is the best martial arts master in this universe. They're alluding to the fact that she's basically the best martial artist in this universe right now. Yeah. I, I so like, I think she's like the, she's supposed to be like the great 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 granddaughter of like some princess. Yeah, with, something. with, the, with the taking of the Iron Fist from Danny. By Davos, right? We have another kind of trope, the unarmed hero trope. This is Spider-Man Homecoming when he gets his suit taken away. This is Iron Man 3 when he gets his suit taken away. This is uh, Winter Soldier, a man without a country. This is let's strip down the hero to the bare minimums and see well, they if they're still it. a hero. Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. He's yeah. in He's in a, a Nandapar Bat. Yeah, know? and I'm not saying it, not, not all tropes are bad. You know, they're, they, 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 they serve to serve a purpose. But funny enough, he almost doesn't get it back. Like you know, he's the unarmed hero. No, no. And like he has, he's the Iron Fist for like two episodes, and that's like it. And then he he uh, eventually axes uh, uh, Colleen to to take it. Yeah, but, but he doesn't want it. He doesn't want it. He doesn't want it till he feels he deserves it. So, which I kind of find selfish because it's like you're about to give Colleen an Iron Fist just to take it back from her. Right. Like right. that's what you're basically saying. It's like, babe, can you just hold on to this <laughs> till until I'm ready? It's like. I know you're gonna fall in love with its power and everything, and you're gonna have a nice glowing white fist. But just hold on to the to this until I unselfishly feel I can do it again. I thought they were going to allude to the fact that she couldn't handle it because they were saying things like she was saying things like it's burning inside of me, I can feel it. And I thought she was eventually gonna be like, "Danny, can you please take it from me?" And he'd take I it. I would like to see her go villain just, for, was, just for a few. Ah, it's you give white. me a, no, color's me, white, bro. It's too white. <laughs> you, you, you give me a Colleen villain in season three, and I'd be like, okay, now let's go. This is fun. I want to see her change of heart go back. But that leads to my second favorite part of our second favorite moment with Colleen, which is when Colleen, to to Danny and to me, for the first time, someone explained to me why it's important to have your chi balanced. This yes. entire time, everyone's just been talking about, oh, you need to balance your chi. Oh, my chi's not balanced. I don't know. I can't do the fist. Chi's not balanced. And I'm like, what, what does that mean? I get what it means in the mystical arts of it, but you have to give me something to last Like, dumb it down to. for people that don't know. Right. And so, in this, she says, basically, Davos is going to be the emotional fighter. She's, he's going to gloat. He's going to get angry. All that stuff. You are always angry. You're too angry. You need to remove emotions from this. You need to balance yourself because for every time that you don't, someone's going to take advantage. Like this. Or like this. And she was, like, tripping him up and taking those, those uh, things Oh, yeah, the little cage fight. Yeah. Yeah, when they were training him. And she was talking crap. 
She was like, yeah, that's why Davos took it from you, right? <laughs> and she was showing him that fighting with emotion, there's no utility in it. And I was like, that's why you got to be balanced. Not just because all uh, yeah, energies it, it are it universal. It's a spiritual balance. It's literally, listen, even if this person is your brother, you have to not fight them. You have like to be it. a tool. You are a tool. Like a surgical tool. Like, could you imagine if a surgical tool was squeamish of blood? Like, would get close and be like, uh, I'm not, I can't do it. It's like, what? You're only here to do that. Same way with Iron Fist. You're only here to serve a purpose. And if you can't serve that purpose because of emotion, you probably do need to give it up. You probably do need somebody else to have it, which is. Yeah, but I felt like he was giving it, he was personally giving it to Colleen because he thought she was the better fighter, not because she was the more balanced of emotions. Like, they weren't, they weren't alluding to that from his point of view. Her point of view. I feel like after that cage fight, he was like, he he showed that he might have not been using it 100% as he should. No, that's like, what, he was, know, that's what he was saying. Like, after the cage fight, when before the episode ended, before he asked her to take up the mantle, he was saying, like, Let's this, whole time, hey, this whole time, I've been doing bad. This whole time, I've just been looking for, he said, I've been looking for reasons to use the fist. Right, right. then and there, that's your first red flag. You don't look for a reason to use the fist. You you just use the fist because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. So I that's so right there, red flag. And then he's like, I need you to hold on to the fist until I feel that I'm ready to hold it. Right there, second red flag. Yeah. If you're gonna give up the fist, give up the fist. Right. If you feel you're ready to hold it, hold it and do right. Don't give up the fist until you feel you can do it again. Because like yeah, I, like I, Iron Man said, if you're nothing without that suit, then you are nothing. I get what you mean by that, because the conversations that he has with Davos is almost like he found a lottery ticket that Davos paid for and dropped. Yeah. And so when Davos is like, oh, you don't deserve to be the Iron Fist, he don't say, yes, I do. He says, but I, I, I am. You know what I'm saying? No, that's <laughs> why he's, not def- he's not defending himself he's like, like that. Like, he I is am. saying, he's like, you know, you, you sh- do not uh, deserve to hold that fist. Well, that's just how it works. I guess yeah, I, have I have it now, I man. I have it, so what are you going to do about it? nine-tenth of the law, my friend. Exactly. So I was, I was kind of in a so little bit He really doesn't deserve to hold that fist. Right, but I do think that... We'll get there in a second. That uh, season three will be his uh, spirit quest, or whatever you would consider any warrior having to go through the the trials to then get it back. Because at the end, it seemingly he does have it back. Um, but like you mentioned before, we it is alluded that uh, Colleen Wing is a descendant of I'm gonna butcher this Wu Ao Shi, who's uh, a bearer of the Iron Fist uh, technique. In Wasn't she like the first female Iron Fist holder? She's like the first and only woman. They, 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 there's kind of a little bit of debate about that, but she is definitely the first um, woman. And then I guess Colleen would be the second because she, because of her, um, because of her ancestry, and because they were able to transfer the Iron Fist to her. Danny was um, she, like her ancestor, was able to do is use chi, chi manipulation to channel the chi through inanimate objects. So her her ancestor would do this with arrows. She would light the whole bow up and then shoot. I That's guess, why her sword arrows. was like all white and right. shit. That shit was beautiful. Right. So in in this, you see Colleen use the power of the Iron Fist and the tat on the arm, which is better than the one on the chest. We're probably going to do that. But I did like the tat on the arm. Yeah, it looked like a little like a wrist tattoo. And they also kind of alluded to it when they went into for the tattoos and like, we're here for tattoos. And they're like, you guys don't have any ink. Uh, when they were yeah, talking nice, to the nice crane little sisters. bit of foreshadowing that she finally gets it back from the crane sisters. She's like, "Oh, so you did want some ink?" And we're her with the iron fist and and Misty with that bionic arm, and B- Misty's like, "I think I want to bling it out." And in the comics, it's all gold. So if Misty gets the gold arm and then Homegirl got the iron fist, like I watched that show. Like, I, re- me, I me too. If you were gonna give me a season of just Misty Knight and Colleen Wing, 
doing crime fighting as police officer in Iron Fist. That's it. You sold me. I'll read. I'll even read a comic. I know they have comics together. So I would read like a new Colleen and Knight com- comic. Yeah. And Davos has not been killed. So no, what 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 is he going to Arkham? So he, he was can break uh, out? he was in that he was in he's probably going to the raft. He was in um he was they Danny let him go. They took the power from him, put him on a stretcher, and he's seemingly off off on his way. Coming into the dialogue that I always hate from every bad guy and good guy, you know, I still believe there's good in you. Oh, there's no good in me, you know. Yeah, you, you can go to hell with that. Yada yada yada. But um, what I found funny was after doing some uh searching, uh, you know, like I said. Danny's father was an uh, Iron Fist in the comics, and so that fight that takes place between Davos and Danny actually took place between Danny's father and Davos, and Danny's father won the whole yield situation. Danny's father is the Iron Fist. Uh, Davos goes behind everybody's back and goes to fight the dragon anyway and loses, <laughs> and so his father finds him and is just like disappointed in him. Drags like basically brings the body back without saying a word, and that bitterness. Um, is that is the, what Davos portraying? I guess you would say in the show, like this idea that how like how I was born for this. This is the only thing I was made for. My father's in this. My mother's in this. I live here. How could I not be the Iron Fist? And him battling up against that reality, you know, he cost him the lives of many, many innocent people, both in the comics and uh, on the screen. So I thought that was kind of cool, but um. I guess you would say that Colleen is the defending Iron Fist of New York City now because after the transference of the Chi and the Iron Fist, Danny, Danny and Ward decide that they're just going to go uh, try to find this corpse of uh, yeah. of Orson. Re- not Well, sorry. This Iron Fist cor- corpse. I kind of uh, like that little moment between them on the airstrip. Yeah, he's like, what are you going to – you don't know who you are. Let's go – yeah, they're going. Come on, boy. I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. Come on. And I do like that. He's like, I, I feel it. Like this is not, this is not something we should be talking about. I feel that this is where you should be going, and I think, I think that you should. And I thought that, I thought that whole little uh, ending, ending was a little too much for me. Like I would have rather have seen more of Colleen doing Iron Fist moves than like Ward and Danny doing espionage in like I China. Think, so I think the reason why they do that, one obviously is to. Um, Tease the appearance of Orson Randall, uh, the supposedly the Iron Fist, right before Danny. Sorry. Um, so uh, yeah, that's that was one reason, and the second reason I think is they want you to want to know and see where those characters are when we come back in season three. Because if not, if you end with the Colleen shot, it's almost the Colleen show, and we're moving away. You know what I'm saying? Like Danny, yeah. Danny went to go live on the farm. You know what I'm saying? And we'll see Danny when we see him. Oh, it was like in one of the seasons of Arrow when like he go when when he go when he leaves away and for like five for like a couple of months, right? Wasn't it like uh, I think end but of when season he does, two or three? But he, when like, he leaves. does though, we follow him. It would be like when um, Red Arrow left for a while and then we didn't hear anything about him and then he came back. Um, if if Colleen's the only hand. Uh, we would only be following her, and this seems to be a pretty forward flash forward. We don't know how, how long you think, how much time you think has been gone. Uh, well, I'm trying to see from like words, like features. I give, I like, give it, a, I give it a year. Nah, six months. I give it. Six I was months. gonna give it around like five months. Yeah, I give it five, six, six months. months. I think a year might be too long, but six months. Uh, well, whenever the next season drops, I guess it'd be picking up right from there. Right, and it also picking up with this idea of multiple iron fists because. Uh, in the in the ending of this, Danny seems to have 
not only the Iron Fist back, but two Iron Fists. And he's using what they call in the comics affectionately Gun Fu, a uh, technique uh, perfected by Orson Randall, a former um, Iron Fist. And so we saw Orson Randall in season one. There was some security footage of some guy defending Kung Lung. It's like black and white security footage. And he has the Iron Fist mask on and the two fists, which, which was also such a slap in the face because it goes to show like, See, it works. It's not ridiculous. Why don't you just do it with him? Why don't you just do it with Danny? And even in the show, they're scared to have it on him, on him. Davos wears it more than anyone else. And he wears, like, the ninja cover up my mouth I thought thing. That thing. I thought that is stupid. Word. But if you're going to go if you're gonna go that route, just do it. Just yeah. go up. Just put his head on. Just put it on his head. Right. Come on. You're already giving him, like, a turtleneck. But um, I thought the fights in this were, were all way better. Um, totally better. I love the fights with Colleen. I love Colleen's fights. In this. I like when they when they were doing the parlay between the two triads, and it's just Danny whooping <laughs> members of both triads. And then seemingly when they're about to lose, uh, Miss Yang has like a pocket knife or something like that, or some kind of knife. She Yo, through. stabs the guy in the eye. Oh, she stabs Davos's like side side. Homie. Side hole. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's when he first loses his eye. But you could also in that scene when they're trying to have the little parlay and like they're bri- like someone's like about to ruin it and Danny's like now punching a hole in everybody. You can see him like losing control. Yeah. Where he's like, "No, tell me where they are. Pfft, tell me and hits him and tell me again. Tell me what." They- yeah. He's like, "Up, oh, he's dead now. Now I can't. Yeah. Now he can't, <laughs> yeah, I got nothing yeah, yeah. out of him." And that's why Batman doesn't hit them to hurt them. And that's why you can't hit him in the head because you, know, you, you can't co- start off in the head because then the victim gets all fuzzy. You know, you break a guy's collarbone, he's going to go into shock and now he don't even got, now he can't even tell you information even if he had information to give you because now he's screaming in vain. Yeah. Danny seemed to be in control a lot more with these fights. Um, I felt like before he was fighting in a way of like avoiding fights, like moving out of punches. But this guy's just throwing punches now, kicks. He does not care. And Colleen is killing it. Uh, Jessica Heinrich? I believe it's oh, yeah. the actress. Jessica uh, uh, Hendrick or something like that. Jessica Henwick. Yeah, she is killing. She's killing the choreography to me. Um, I don't like her sad, but plucky, amazing, uh, hey, angry, amazing. Don't call her plucky. First of all, we don't know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> awesome callback. Um, yeah, I hope we see everyone's still alive. So I hope we see. Uh, more Mary, like you said, maybe in the Punisher. I want to see Ward fighting. I want to see scenes. I want to see scenes in season three where there's flashbacks of Danny training Ward. Ward can uh, can become a full three dimensional character. I, I really like, think he can. I too. feel like he he was less than one dimensional in season one. He's more than two dimensional in season two. But I think this trinity of seasons might be what it takes to make that. Character it got me to where I want to see him in other stuff, not just Iron Fist. I want to see who this actor is. Were you not? Did you not gasp when uh, Davos pushed Joy off the? I thought she was dead. Like, she probably could... should have been dead. <laughs> she had blood coming out the back of her head in that next episode. Nah, like me, me and my roommate were doing Google searches. Apparently, you can fall from like quite some height without dying. But it's not even about falling from quite because even they made allude to that in a uh, Dark Knight. It was like you know, a fall from this isn't gonna kill me. I'm not counting on it. You know, it's yeah. the fact that they made it look like she split her head, her, open. her head open. If you yeah. didn't put the blood behind her head. Then I'd be like, okay, she probably has two broken legs, a couple of broken shoulders. You know, yeah, like, you know, she's pretty bad. What is that? Like, that was probably like a 15 foot drop. You're not dying from a 15 foot drop unless you crack your head open. Yeah. That looked like she cracked her head open. He pushed, she pushed him pretty, um, pretty. He went carelessly. He, yeah, he. I guess he didn't want to like punch her. Like you could see, like he punched her, but he didn't really like. He like he just wanted to get rid of her. Like he like nudged her shoulder. Yeah, like she get out of here. Get yeah, out of here. Like, what are you doing? I'm flicking a fly off me, basically. Yeah. So you know, definitely with that. Definitely with that. Um. But yeah, I I I this season, to me, definitely stands out. Um. 
and they seem to be setting up the next season, which is something I don't feel like they were doing last time because they're getting ready for Defenders. Uh, but with hopefully Typhoid Mary getting her fire powers, uh, you know, um, Orson Randall, like I said, again, that they alluded to Orson Randall being the person who sent Davos the body of who knows. Um, yeah, you would be able to find you, you these Easter eggs. You'd be able to pu- pull out these Easter eggs better than me because a lot of these names are just right over my head. So it's funny, right? When he says Orson, I'm sitting here with my roommate watching it, right? He says like, oh, we're looking for a guy, Orson Randall, whatever. And I go to my room and I go, oh, yeah, that's the Iron Fist before Danny. You know what's crazy about him? He didn't really use his fist. He used to use these guns and channel his chi through the guns and make the bullets full of chi, making them have more damage. And seconds later, Danny pulls out the guns, Orson Randall's guns, and channels the chi through the guns and shoots bullets. And his bullets blow up the bullets that were shot at him. And yes. I, and. It was alluded that Danny stole those stuff from the shipment because the guy's like, my my boss wants, you know, some shipment got got taken over and you guys seem to suspiciously know about it. My boss wants what was in that shipment. And then Danny whips out the guns. And so he has Orson Randall's guns, which means Orson Randall's alive, which means why is he not the Iron Fist? In the comics, he went to war. Uh, he he was like disenchanted by, uh, by Kung Lung. And eventually, um, remember I was telling you before that these cities uh, exist on a other dimensional plane and they come back every 88 years except for the champion city and then every 88 years they have a tournament of the uh capital cities of heaven so there's kung lung uh which has the iron fist you have kung z which is protected by the crane champion you have the tiger island uh which is protected by tiger's beautiful daughter now all these names are rolled off the tongue like iron fist yeah there's ping ping lei uh which um has a long line of warriors called uh, Cobra, and also the Fat Cobra. Cobra Kai. <laughs> There's Kingdom of Spiders, which is protected by the Bride of Nine Spiders. There's Z- uh, Zemgambo, which is uh, protected by the Prince of Orphans. Uh, you got Undercity, which is home of Dog Brother Number One, and Eighth City, which is called uh, Brulish Hell- Hellish Realm that serves as a prison for the evils of the world. So these people legit fight uh, a battle every 88 years to become, you know, to be the one that gets to materialize on the earthly plane. But unfortunately, uh, when they called on Orson to defend for Kung Lung, he's like, nah, I don't want to do it. Screw this tournament. Screw <laughs> screw everybody. Accidentally or a- out of anger kills one of the, ch- kills the champion of one of the places and then bounces out. And so he gets really addicted to like alcohol and pills because he has PTSD from the war. And he chooses kind of to sort of abandon a little bit of the Iron Fist. So we might get that sort of like, we're going to be informed about where Danny should be by people like Davos and and, and Randall. They're going to set those guys up as the complete left and the complete right and put Danny right in the middle and show why Danny should be and should have the Iron Fist. Because we need to see other people fail with it to make Danny the chosen one. If everyone's better than Danny, then everyone yeah. should have it instead of Danny. Like I, I think Colleen should have it more than Danny. I hope. Hell, teach Ward hope, how to fight, and he can have it better than Danny. I hope that by the time we get to where we get to in that flash forward, that we have our full faith in Danny Rand, and I think that they can do it. With this season, shows that they're capable. And I don't think Finn Jones is bad at all. I think no. Finn Jones is getting up there as like you know a respectable like you know comic book actor. Some of the dialogue's a little wonky. That's in I, general. That, that's my problem. I was telling my girlfriend was like a lot of the dialogue. I was I was. Uh, Saying the lines before they were coming out. Yeah. And if I can predict oh. the dialogue, I don't like it. 
there's a scene of Danny. He had gotten Colleen upset. And he's like, well, if you're not going to train me, I'm going to train anyway. And so he's hitting, like, the post. And he yeah. falls down, right? I audibly say to my roommate, the door's going to open, and you're going to see an outstretched hand. And as soon as I say it, she sticks her hand out like, come on, I got you. It's the most trophy thing ever. But they're, they're in love, so I let, it, I let it pass. But there is a lot of stuff that you can call them. More like she was in love with the loser, and she's just trying to figure out ways to just dub. I mean, him. he is a lovable loser, isn't he? He is a lovable loser, but I just felt like she des- she deserves better. I'm 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 on Colleen's side. I'm a team Colleen. I'm uh, on team Colleen all day. Another cool uh, st- anytime Davos had to sh- have a show of strength, I thought it was amazing when he goes to Mister Yang's uh the docks, and they're like, "You're not supposed to be here," and he like throws a knife, catches it, stabs somebody else, does some other kind of stuff. I was like, "Wow." I bugged out at the, uh, the fact of, of Danny Rand fighting uh, Davos in a community center and everyone just like watching. <laughs> that was pretty cool. But he and also he, like, does like the Black Panther, throw the thing up in the air, catch it, yeah, and, and then stab he stabs him with, him with it. I was like, that's that's Panther. That's completely Panther. Um, but uh, yeah, we definitely had that there, which I thought was pretty cool. What about Davos stroking out Mr. Yang? Davos with the with the five point exploding me, heart technique. Me and my girlfriend were. <laughs> Dying at that scene, like I showed, I had to show that scene because it was the funniest thing I've ever. Done. I'm like, yo, just look at this. This is before I actually started liking the season. I'm yeah. like, look at this stupid scene. He's gonna come up to him and look at this. Knock, 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 knock. Gives him the five point palm heart exploding technique on and his he, neck. And he was like, uh, yeah. So I'll talk to you later. See you later. With that. Just, yeah, eat that. He and literally he, just, he he a, just gives like a secret handshake on his neck. He, he like got knocks a, like four times. Yeah, I don't think you want to say anything about the golden tigers and the hatchet. I like the idea of a hatchet as a, as a weapon you keep in a holster? When uh, Homeboy pulled out the two hatchets out of the holster, oh, no, I was like, uh, hatchets were, hatchets were always, in my, from my understanding of being a film nerd, someone that's, I have known nothing about the culture, but I know everything about the cultural appropriation of the films. Yeah. Anytime we've the seen triads, game, you've always seen hatchets. That's what triads use. Yeah. Triads use hatchets. I've seen it in Battle Royale. I've seen it in Kill Bill Volume 1. I've seen it in Batman adaptations. I've Anytime I see... Uh, triads or or Japanese fighters, they always have two hatchets, and it's always in these little uh bullet like uh pistol holsters. Yeah. They always like take out the take off the blazer, and it's right there in the on their sides. So I think the whole hatchet is cool. Golden Tiger, I think, is just overkill with the cliche names. It's like, what's the most cliche name we can pick for a for an Asian group? Uh, Golden I, Tiger. <laughs> they did exist in the comics though, and I think that their utility here is to show that there is something that. Danny kind of wants to end. The well, I mean, slow every way. every every show has their gangs. Yeah, every show but has their has gangs. To, but it also has to show like this is a threat that Chinatown is facing, and ha- not Harlem, and not Hell's Kitchen. You understand? Like, yeah, this but is they, well, yeah, but that's, that's what I don't to... understand. Is uh, Matt Murdock wanted him to protect Hell's Kitchen or all of New York? Yeah, that's it. Listen, listen, I, I get you. I get like, you. That's what I'm, you're right. Yeah, no, you're right. Like, you're it, right. It, gets, it gets a little weird after a while, but other yeah. than that. I like I try like when I was watching this season I was trying to ignore everything I seen in the past. Right. And while ignoring everything I've seen in the past, I was enjoying the this this was a season 1 for Iron Fist that the first time we see the Iron Fist is in Defenders and then season 2 is season 1. What a season to start off. I think all these characters are great. They have a lot of personalities. I got into a lot of people here. Misty was nice. It was nice and uh I liked um what's his face? I liked their hair of a Turk. Was another appearance. Oh, yeah, Turk, Turk Barrett, baby Turk. Turk comes was back. another appearance. How did you feel about Ward and Misty's chemistry? 
yo, Misty was like th- trying to. Yo, to Misty was really there, trying right? to. No, but Misty specifically was trying to throw it at him. That was. She was that like, was "Hi, how you doing? My name's Misty Knight." For those that are uninitiated, Misty Knight actually gets with Danny Rand in the comics. Wow, those two are a couple. Colleen Wing at one point dates Cyclops. That's weird. And then you know Jessica Jones and Luke Cage get married. Power couple, kid. yeah. Yeah. So. Um, let's see if they're moving in that direction. I'm trying to see if there's anything. I else would I honestly, I would on. like to see War- a Ward and Misty little thing. You know, why not? Ward needs somebody that'll keep him on the edge of his feet. Ward will keep somebody that'll keep him grounded too. I think Misty is a kind of a character that will ground their significant other. Yeah. So like, if Whenever Ward tries, tries to, to get, get too big yeah. for his bridges, she'd be like, "Listen, I have a metal arm, and I will snap your collarbone." Now you just said that two things before I forget that I want to state moments in the show well, before we wrap up. One, I loved the whole I'm not an asshole boss speech he gave to his secretary. Like, he was mm-hmm. in a bad mood. Yeah. So she was questioning about something and he was being very short with her. And then he was like, listen, I'm not an asshole boss. Trust me. I'm just having a rough day. Uh, tell people that I'm busy. Whenever yeah, anyone asks like you, secretary. just tell people that I'm busy. Yeah. I thought that was really humanizing. Um, but the scene that actively made me laugh was a scene with Probably the most balanced cheat bartender I have ever seen. I knew in you were gonna tell I knew you were gonna mention that scene. And that scene was hilarious. Because he's like, You're too drunk, bro. You should get out. And then he swings, boom, punches him in the face. You should probably leave, bro. <laughs> and Ward's still trying to fight. Enough. Still trying to fight. Boom. Solid punches to the face, but still not no anger behind it. Just like you're the and drunk and you, know, and you gotta go. Yeah, and it was like it, this wasn't like a, a kung fu scene. This was a re- like this looked like a realistic. Let me just move out the way of this guy real quick and knock him one time. Like I'm gonna keep punching you to try and wake you up to let you know I'm going to keep punching you right. if you don't get you're out my gonna, bar. Yeah, you're not gonna this this thing that you're doing is not gonna go unnoticed. This and then he punches him like the third time. And he's like, "Have you had enough?" Yeah. And I'm yeah. just laughing. I'm like, damn, Ward. And, and in my head, I'm like, he wants to get his ass kicked. Yeah. He's doing this on like, He's not suicide trying by, to. Yeah. yeah, it's like suicide by cop. Like He's like, listen, I have all these emotions right now. Just beat the crap out of me. I need you to have a reason to beat the crap out of me. So let me just swing on you so you can beat the crap out of me. And I guess as far as I'm concerned, I can end it with that. I can end it with the idea that I think at one point in my life, I represented almost everybody on this show. At one point I in my life, I myself relating to Ward the most. Honestly. At one point in my life, I wanted to be self-destructive. At one point in my life, I wanted to have those who harmed me feel harm. You know, like you want to get revenge or you want to well, fight back. You have a sister, right? Yes, sister. Your older sister. Yes. Have you ever had like a bad fight with your older sister where you guys haven't talked for days? It get, it can get there. Yeah, it's and some it, of the, it, It's probably one of the most probably some of the most darkest moments moments in my life were. were Fighting with my sister and us not talking for not not days, not weeks or months, just a mere hours. Me and my sister has had fights where we would go not we wouldn't go three hours no talking, wouldn't have no conversation, and you feel that absence, yeah. especially a, a sibling. A sibling is somebody that you should always be able to go to, always should be able to talk to and have a conversation with them, be have fun with. So I I feel Ward. Yeah, losing a sister without losing a sister. That's some tragic stuff. As you know, I served in the army, so I completely got the Mary Walker stuff. I'm like, girl, I would not have lasted a minute. And you sat there and you got through. Do whatever you have to. Come up with other names. Come up with, <laughs> like, man, talk about just strong and... and no, her, when I found out about her, when I saw her backstory, I was like, damn. You know, wow, uh, that's crazy. 
and someone who's so beautiful, you see the artwork that she that she creates. You know, she said she she literally is the definition of duality. Um, triality. <laughs> triality. <laughs> we're, we're about to get with uh, with the third uh, thing there. Um, I've been Davos saying like, no, things are owed to me. Like I that that sense of entitlement. Things. Yeah, that... I I've been them all in this. I've been Colleen of like I hear the call of action, but I don't want to answer it because bad things happen sometimes and I don't like that I'm not able to control them. At one point Misty says to her, I'm sorry they have to learn this lesson, but you can't save everybody. And that visibly shakes Colleen. If I can't save everybody, what's the point of saving Oh no, anyone? yeah, because she didn't want her blaming herself on BB's death. Right. She's like, BB's death is not your fault. The second you realize you can't save everybody and, and to not blame yourself for deaths, you'll be But Colleen looks at it as almost like if I can't save everybody, then why save anyone? That's <laughs> That's and not the point. It isn't. But, that's, that's, but when your responsibility is on the line. That's a red flag right there. When your responsibility is on the line, it makes you think those ways. Eventually, she came around and, and felt a lot more heroic, as you see in, in the ending, where she has she able to channel her chi through her sword. Her that was so cool. White hot fist of fury. Um, but they were relatable for the first time. Each character. It was people yes. that, that have acted from places I've been. And so I was able to say... That you're not right, but I've been there. And you, they, you're and not right, to but emote. I've been there. They emoted so perfectly for some reason. Like everybody was just, except for uh, in the beginning, the way I where I was a little against Alice Eve's monotone talk. Other than that, everybody like emoted perfectly for me. Oh, last thing before I can't keep reminding myself because it's literally legitimately good moments in the show. Joy's speech to Davos to convince Davos that she's not there for any ill-gotten gains was amazing. It's this speech of like, show them the man that I know, the man that I see. Yes. I, y- y- you have nobody. You have nothing. I'm the only one who knows you. And you can see that actively, those those wheels turning and that was his head of like, yes, we, we have become some sort of pairing, haven't we? Like, you helped me be- get this She still iron- screws him and over. She, sc- she screws over everybody. That's just joy. Joy, joy, joy. But um, really, really, really. Someone's really so good. chaotic with a name so ironic. Yeah, right? Uh, yeah, but I, I mean, that's, that's all I yeah, got. There's really, I don't really have like much to go deep into it. And directions for season three. Give me, give me your craziest outlandish, uh, prediction, I guess. Okay. So we're going to have the little, um, the, the Danny and Ward thing where they're still searching and finding clues of the past and what Danny wants to look for. We can cut to New York where Misty and Colleen are working together. But not like on the payroll, more as like Batman, Jim Gordon. Okay. Where where Misty's like you know, like giving her like text messages. Hey, listen, fourth and fifth. I heard over the radio that that'd it's be pretty be cool. This. Yeah. That'd hey, be pretty cool. thanks. I, like I got that. this. Like I I want to see more. Uh, I could I can see uh Joy, really running the Rand Company, not buying her own company, but just since there's no Ward, since yeah. there's no Danny, yeah. <laughs> there, I I have most of the shares. Time for me to take over now. You know. I, I can see Getting her. back in the family business, turning it, so turning I can see it right side I, up. So like how like um, so so really more like a, what's her name? Uh, the Hogarth. Yeah, I can see her being like another Hogarth, but really more of my most outlandish predictions is the whole Jim Gordon Batman angle of Colleen and Misty working together, which I want to see. I would love to see that. Hey, I just got a I got a hot tip for you. Here's where this uh warehouse is, and it's been a lot of action over here. Uh, my guys hasn't been able to get within two feet because they keep gunning people down. Don't worry, I got you. Have your guys ready to storm in in like twenty minutes. Comes in, cuts down everybody, and then there you go. Now you have the cops coming. Like I would love to see that. That's that's teamwork. I would love to see. 
there's a character in Marvel's lore called Shang-Chi, the master of Kung Fu. I would love to see Shang-Chi uh, show up. I want to see Shao Lao, the dragon. I want to see Fing Fang Foom, the dragon. Can somebody get me any kind of dragon? Can, can we get Fing Fang Foom finally? Can somebody get me a dragon? When they had that like tapestry that they opened up that had like the instruction manual of how to do the ritual, and you see the dragon around there, I'm like, we're going to get a dragon? Is the dragon coming? No, the dragon's not coming. Speaking of dragons, why is Shao Lao always dying if he's undying? He loses to everybody. Everyone's the Iron <laughs> Fist. There's multiple Iron Fists. Oh, this, this dragon's just bad at fighting? What's going on here? But my outlandish prediction will be that I do think we're going to see that tournament of the seven cities next season. Um, uh, like whether, a flashback or just... No, I think now. I think it'll be a thing where Danny's like, Colleen, you have to stay in New York. Uh, I'll handle this or something well, like that. Uh, uh, Lun, uh, Kung Lun won the last tournament, right? I'm assuming, yeah. Cause That's how Danny was able to go to Kun Lung because the portal was opened and, that right. ten, and the only way he was able to come back... I think he was only one. gone for 10 years, wasn't he? Yes, he was only gone for 10 years, so I'm guessing that's how he came back because he came when it opened. Right. So I would hope that... I, I, I guess I would wait. I would want to see it opened again within the later seasons. Yeah. I So I'm hoping for that. I'm hoping just to see Kung Lung in general because everyone keeps acting like it's gone, like like destroyed but it's not it's just gone off the plane so i'm hoping for more of that um i want i want iron fist and punisher to meet i want those two characters to meet because i think they're complete opposite sides of the spectrum i think that'd be really really cool but ultimately my craziest theory is that i think iron fist is going to have to eventually put down a defender that has gone out of control and I haven't figured out whether or not that's going to be Daredevil as per the... Uh, that weird-ass teaser? Yeah, the teaser at the end of, of teasing uh, Daredevil Season 3 where he says, I'd rather die as the devil than... Uh, live, die, as Matt Murdock. live as Matt Murdock. So he might be going for, further than we think. Um, oh, poor Charlie Cox, man. He's so great as Daredevil and Matt. Yeah, he is, he is fantastic. He is. But I could you imagine? So great. But could you imagine rooting for an Iron Fist to put an unruly Daredevil down? Like that would be cool. I would want to watch that fight with this new choreography. I'd want to watch that fight. I'd want to see where that goes. Or maybe he's gonna have to knock his his fellow hero for hire down a peg. Maybe Luke Cage gets too big for his britches, thinking that you know I'm. I want to see things. superheroes versus superheroes. I think you I'm kind of get fight? tired of it. Well, we haven't had it yet. Well, no, I mean, and everything. We had else. everyone beat up Iron Fist and and defend every, 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 with everyone else. Don't let you know, BBS, bro? don't let BBS scar you like it's a scar Cavill and Affleck. Don't let it, don't let it have those. It's effects. not even that. It's just the first Avengers. Forty five minutes of the movie was all of them fighting. You know, the second Avengers. You once again you have them fighting. You know, the the third Avengers. You once again you have them fighting in space. It's Guardians versus Avengers now. Sometimes, you know? sometimes it's like, misunderstandings happen. But I I would like to see like you just give I us guess, the defenders. I, guess, I just want one more. I guess. I guess what I want is I want a conflict of not only interest but a conflict of of moralities, where different people's line is drawn as to what they allow and what they don't. Well, it seems like everybody's line is really not drawn too far in the sand when it comes down to, like, killing and doing excessive force. Right. It seems like Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Daredevil don't got no problem with excessive force or they killing. Try, they try not to kill, because that's a little bit of what you're getting in season one, uh, season two of Jessica Jones, is, like, whether or not she should just end the threat. And they play a lot, with, a lot of that with Luke Cage. But I think that one of them is going to come to the conclusion that things need to be a little bit more definitive. And I think that somebody else is going to have to be like, nah, B. So I am I think there's trouble in paradise for the defenders, but there's not ever any trouble here on the Major Issues podcast. Never, unless you throw another witch's worse. <laughs> oh, that's coming soon. But uh, 
yeah, just like stuff like this. We've done Luke Cage season two. We've done Jessica Jones season two right here on the Major Issues podcast. If you want to find those episodes, all you have to do is look up the Major Issues podcast on Google. Literally those three words and we pop right up. If you have a iPhone, you can use your podcast app already pre-installed in your phone. Type in Major Issues into that search bar and boom, we pop right up. We are on Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Google Play, YouTube. We are basically anywhere you can find us. We're we're not hard to find, guys. So if you so if you say I I can't find your podcast, bull crap. We're not that hard to find. <laughs> Every single Wednesday we've come out with episodes. We are on a hot streak. We haven't missed a single week yet. Knock on every bit of wood there is. Um, but. That's where you guys can find us, and you guys can comment on, on, on episodes right there on the Podbean app. If not, you can reach us and everything that we do here at Comic Book Click at Facebook.com slash Comic Book Click, Instagram at Comic Book Click, or use the hashtag Comic Book Click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to Comic Book and Comic Book Media. There, If you look at the show notes, you can see how to email us. You can see how to chat with us on Twitter. We have a Twitter account at Major Issues CBC. And on the Twitter machine. And we got a brand new Spider Cop t-shirt out. Brand new Spider Cop t-shirt. Out and about. Um, created by <laughs> myself. Half man, half spider, all cop. Go ahead and cop that. Uh, <laughs> if you want to show your, I guess, your allegiance to the boys in red and blue. Uh, this this is this has been great though. I actually feel good about this season. I feel good about the future. I feel good about talking about it with friends. Yeah, you know, thank God. You know, because the, the MCU has been on its hot streak. It would be terrible if the Netflix MCU was not on its such hot streak. But yeah. you know, both for, looks like Marvel is just quality everything control, that everything that happens with Marvel is gold. Quality control. You got to keep your hand on the button. I love that we were able to have this kind of conversation. I think this would have went a lot different if we were covering season one. Yeah, if we were covering <laughs> season one, I think we would just be sitting like, ah, why has it got to be more Meacham than, than Rand? Why, 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 do I, why do I care about this? I don't think we see many boardroom scenes in this season, which shows that you can indeed improve. And listen to your fans when they say, we don't want to see the immortal Meachams. And we want to listen to you guys, our fans. So go ahead and like, share, and subscribe this podcast. And if you got a chance, rate and review us on iTunes because it's the quickest way for us to improve as podcasters and know what you guys like, what we should be doing, what we shouldn't. We got some yes, big things Yes, we need your approval, up. please. Yes, <laughs> we need your approval. We got like. some big things coming down the pike. Um, I got, I think we all got so much going on in our general personal lives. It, it is a pleasure to dive into the world of mysticism at you some point. You guys need your escape. That's the problem. You know, there's so it's many definitely bad mine. things that go out in the world. I need this escape. I need to be able to just talk about nonsense for an hour and a half. Definitely come. You know, you're, you're a member of the clique. And with everyone listening to this is a member of the clique. Come on. Sit on the couch. Let me know what's going on. We'll always be here to talk about the latest and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. But my name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. And I am the master of Kung Lun, Dan the Comic Man. <laughs> and this has been our Iron Fist Season 2 full spoiler review. And remember, whether you do some gnarly tattoos in some kind of weird Chinatown uh, tattoo shop, whether someone blatantly steals your chi right out from under you, <laughs> whether you are a good shot with some uh, dual pistols, or whether or not you are... Uh, an opioid? Is that is that what we're Opioids. Doing now? An opioid addict. Whether you're a Meacham, a Wing, a Rand, or a Davos. Or a knight. Or I like Misty. I love Misty. Keep uh, uh keep the water running. Keep the lights flashing. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that we are the click, and yes you, yes you are worthy.